every day is just absolutely full on. <laughs> You're juggling lots of different things from especially staffing to, you know, insurance and obviously trying to build more bikes and you just feel like you've got 20 hats on one in one day. Hello and welcome. This is the Toxic Fox Show, episode number seven, and I'm Diana Barnett, your host. Each week I invite conscious business owners who give a damn about sustainability, ethics, health and wellness to have a conversation and tell their story to inspire you on your journey and to connect you with like-minded people. This episode is sponsored by sevencanaries.com.au. My guest today is Lena Van Ray, the founder of Bike and Blend. And yes, the name says it all. You blend delicious fruit smoothies while riding a bike. Healthy all round. Lena spent 10 years as a scientist trying to get sick people healthy and now she's passionate about getting people, keeping people healthy so they don't get sick. If something Lena says today inspires you, please let her know on Twitter. And her Twitter handle is at BikeNBlend. That's B-I-K-E-N-B-L-E-N-D. Alternatively, you can leave a 90-second audio message on the website, www.thetoxicfoxshow.com. Anyway, over to the interview. I started the show by asking Lena why she gives a damn. Well, I guess I really love um, cycling and everything it stands for, and I just uh, really want to share that with other people. And to do that, you know, I do it in a pretty quirky way, but it's because it it gives you so much freedom to be, um, you know, happy and healthy and um, and also, you know, move and, you know, move yourself around in, a, in an easy way, um, in a fun way. And when you're happy and healthy, you can, you can just look after other aspects of your life quite easily um, or more easily. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you're more aware of the environment and other people. And I just really wish, you know, my dream is to have, you know, 50% of cyclists or maybe 100% of people cycling to work. I just don't understand it couldn't be, you know, it could be possible. Um, and so that's that's what I'm truly passionate about and why, why I really care about. So what is your business? Give me, you know, just a quick grab of what your business is and what problem you solve. <laughs> so we do something pretty unusual. It's called Bike and Blend, pedal-powered smoothies. So we basically engage with people um, at school fates or council festivals or, you know, fun runs for brands. We use these bikes, they're stationary bikes that have a blender at the front and kids and adults jump on, pedal for 30 seconds and make a smoothie and learn about, you know, the fun of cycling, sustainability or um, or a particular message that the, the event's trying to, to send. So how often are these events your events and or how often are they organised? Or what I mean is... When you're doing this, how often are you telling your message as opposed to other people's messages? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I guess our message is all, you know, generally the same message that we want to send. So we work with, you know, particular councils that want to promote sustainability, for example, um, or, you know, promote more cycling in the area, work with um, Cycling uh, Cycling Australia or Cycling Victoria or Bicycle Network and, um yeah, we definitely want to work with people that or companies, organisations that are spreading the same sort of word. Um, and, yeah, and if they're not, if they just want to promote fun or, um, you know, promote their own brand, like we work with you know, sometimes Medibank or Booper or someone like that, um, you know, in the end they are trying to promote health. So, yeah, we are selective who we work with. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't just sort of say yes to anyone. Um, but, yeah, hopefully it's always within our... Um, 
uh, same message. You were um, a scientist? Yep, that's right, for 10 years at Melbourne University. How did you get this? What was the catalyst to this idea of exciting people about um, riding bikes? And how did you come upon the method of smoothies, pedal power <laughs> yeah, smoothies? It's, it's a common question I do get asked. Um, I guess I'd worked in a lot of stroke research. So I was in a research-based part of the hospital. Um, so I'm, I'm seeing patients that um, sadly have, you know, um, uh, strokes and other um, conditions that you know, possibly prevented, obviously not all of them are, um, but I just felt that, you know, lifestyle diet and exercise is, you know, obviously really important and I just wanted to be on the other side of it. After being in this, um, you know, aftercare, like, you know, with medications and in the hospital setting, I wanted to be in the preventive space so I could actually be um, out in the public and and sort of having a difference there. Um, so how it came about, I guess, you know, it's a strange connection as well, how it all turned into a smoothie bike business. Um, I wanted to start a business and, and I took a year off to research different types of business I could, I could get into. Um, and, and in that time, um, I ha- was working for a friend who I knew could build me a smoothie bike and I'd seen it about 10 years ago, sort of online and at festivals in Melbourne and I just thought, well, what happened to them? Where did they go? Why aren't they here? Because I, I'd love to see one. Um, and just did more and more research and realised that um, there was a gap in the market and I could um, start something. So I guess it was in line with health promotion and wanting to start a business and learn rather than going back to uni. Um, I like studying entrepreneurship. I actually just uh, took a year off to, to do it and to teach myself. So by doing that, though, so you went from working as a researcher and took this year off, where did you get your money from then? I mean, did you work part-time or...? I did, yeah. Two, for two years I worked part-time, so my boss is amazing. Um, and, yeah, he was very supportive and knew what I was doing and um, also just didn't have a huge amount of living expenses. I was very fortunate to have extremely cheap rent at the time. Yeah, so I did have a bit of freedom there. But also I think my businesses didn't cost too much to start. I went to one event, made a little bit of money there and then put that back into the business and just keep, I just kept doing that for the first two years so I could keep reinvesting everything. Do you remember that first event and do you remember how the public responded to it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a very clear event. Um, it was at the Fairfield Primary School Farmers Market Yep. Um, in March 2011 um, I was so nervous and worn out leading up to it. I didn't know what to expect. Um, yeah, it was a beautiful day. We sold 70 smoothies, I think, in the end, and it was really well received. It was a, quite a small market. It's probably only 30 stalls. And I just met all the other market store holders and realised that I could buy my produce from them and, and just became part of this community that was so supportive and, and lovely to work with. Um, and... Yeah, we we were very busy and um, people wanted to cycle themselves and make their own smoothie, especially kids. Yeah. Um, so instantly I knew I was onto something really good and I, I couldn't sleep for two week, uh, two days. I was so excited. <laughs> it was a really mo- – it was a big moment, yeah. And, and so from there, so you did those events. Did you do them regularly? Yes, yeah, so I did that one for at least ooh, nine months, I'd say. It was a bit tough over winter. Yep. Um, yeah, but I just took it as research. Every event that I did 
we probably did over 200 farmers markets in a year and a half and um, just learnt every time I spoke. I just spoke to people because it was such an unusual thing and there's no industry to lead the way. So I didn't actually know what my products would be in the end. So you've gone from, well, talk about that. What are your products? Um, So we don't, unfortunately, we don't have um, the time to go to many markets anymore, but we hire the bikes out and and, um, with and without smoothies and ingredients. So a lot of gyms would use them for their open days or school fates would use them for their, um, you know, schools for fundraising. Um, We also do a lot of brand promotion at like fun runs or conferences or expos. So um, it's a sort of a marketing engaging tool. Um, so people brand it themselves. We know the wheels can, can be branded. So it's actually all about other people, what they're trying to do rather than about us completely. So doing that, how does that translate into your goal to get more people, um, cycling? Cycling. Yeah. Um, so at School Fates, uh, there are a lot of kids love it and they just can't get off the bikes. They really enjoy it. Sometimes it's their first bike they've ever ridden because it's stationary it is really easy mm-hmm. um that's really delightful to be part of um other times at festivals and fun runs it just it ignites the the cycling interest in people you can see that they have such a great time and they just associate cycling again with happiness um, and just that joy of it um we've even had people you know an 80 year old man once um, he hadn't cycled for 50 years and he jumped on and he, he actually said i forgot how fun this is uh and oh you know I don't know whether he would go out there and keep cycling but um we really hope that's what people do it sort of sparks that interest again and gets people on their bikes and thinking about cycling more so have you got any uh, metrics in place to be able to measure that uh it would be good to, to be able to do that I guess it's sort of one touch point amongst uh, many things um so not directly but um when we do go to the same event over and over over the years um like a council festival we do ask people you know are you cycling more we follow it up um but have the direct effect it is difficult um it's something i'd really like to spend more time on to actually know so it's yeah it's a good question yeah no it's just it's um I wasn't meaning to put you on the spot, but I just, I'm just, you know, it's, to me it'd be an interesting way to work out whether your objective and passion is being met through this. I mean, you are promoting health and wellness through good food, but just that objective of what you want, yeah, so a yeah, challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because I've got the research background, you know, this is something I would do with, you know, a thousand sort of, you know, participants sort of thing, but um, also know how much work that is. Um, but it, it would be brilliant. I'd love to spend more time on doing something like that. I guess we've just played, you know, um, catch up and we've just been so busy every day sort of just trying to meet the demands. So it's, um, yeah, it's a really good, good point though. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you been going for? Uh, just over four and a half years. So you started with one bike at these festivals. How many do you have now? That's right. Um, we have over 25 in three different cities. And within the next 12 months? We're building another 25, as I think I may have told you before. Uh, yeah, we, we've probably chatted about this. Um, so, yeah, we're about to double our fleet. It's pretty exciting. We're, um, we've you know, uh, got a few more bikes that will go to Sydney and a few more for Melbourne and um, and Adelaide. So we're actually building some little kids' bikes, um, which is part of that new fleet um, because it's just been really our little kids' bikes. We've only got three of them at the moment and they just 
the demand's too high. We're saying no to too many schools and it's just a bit sad. So, yeah, that would be be great. We'll actually also replace some of our older bikes. So they're almost five years. Um, so that's what's happening with the new fleet. And so you've got the three cities, Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne and Adelaide. Any plans to go to the others? Um, we would love to, yeah. Look, I think I, I grew into Adelaide and Sydney pretty quickly and it was, you know, that was definitely um, – interesting challenge there to grow into a different city I think I flew to Sydney um 12 times in 18 months uh so I'm not so keen to do that again just now I know how much hard work that is um but we would love to be based in Brisbane and Perth eventually so we do get a lot of inquiries for these cities and we we regularly fly there and you know a few times a year so um eventually yeah the next sort of two years I guess it's um something we would love to do so if you go we, we were discussing earlier before we came um live that you've been doubling every year um your growth how have you managed that and what are some of the challenges that have been involved with that <laughs> yep it's every day is just absolutely full-on <laughs> i guess it you're juggling lots of different things from specially staffing um to you know extra things like um extra insurance and obviously trying to build more bikes and you just feel like you've got 20 hats on one in one day um but I guess uh I've learned to delegate really quickly grab you know get a really good team together um I uh, did get some mentoring as well because there was stages there that I just couldn't keep up and I just didn't know how <laughs> how to balance it or I just had so many ideas and the potential was huge but um, we just needed a bit of help and direction. So um, what it all came down to was having a really good team. So we've got four core staff now and everything's documented really well. So we're all, we all know the same systems and processes and, and what to do and, um, yeah, it's those, those two things have been um, critical. So, yeah. What are your tips for um, creating good systems and processes? So get your team involved to do it. So just start with something really basic because you feel like when you're doing it, it's not good enough, but just start dot pointing, you know, this is the process to taking like an inquiry to a booking or um, once a booking comes through, what are the steps to um, make it, make the event happen? What are the checklists you need to order? Bananas, you need to contact staff and make sure that the band's packed everything. Um, so I just started writing and then I'd just show my team. They'd say, oh, add this, add that, or they would, you know, change the file themselves. And we still do this um, almost every day. We're always updating our manual. Um, and we just use Google Docs so it's easy to share. Um, yeah, so just, you know, just make a start. And whether it's you're a team of one or five, just um, get everyone involved, whoever's in, in each step. And the team, how did you, how, what recommendations do you have for, because you mentioned that it's important to get a good team around you. How did you get a good team around you? Um, it's been a bit hit and miss, I must admit. I've learnt a lot. I have, um, I, I just feel when I meet someone, I think they're brilliant and I can't see beyond that. So it's a bit of a curse because I can't sort of pick up whether they would be a good person or I just think, oh, they'll be perfect, you know, jump in and do it. And it's not always the case and it has just yeah, it hasn't worked in the past. So I've really learned the hard way here, I think. Um, but in the end, <laughs> I've, it's worked well. So I know, you know, what, what to look out for now. Um, sometimes it is the really right person, but it's not the right job for them. But you won't necessarily realise that until it's too, you fully train them and then they've 
you know, had the courage to say to you, oh, this is not what I want. I wanted something full-time or part-time or casual and it's, you know, you're not listening closely enough. You kind of just head down and go, go, go. But if you really listen to what people are saying and where their skills and strengths are, um, yeah, I think that's much better rather than just thinking that they'll be amazing and just throw them in. (laughs) Um, But now I have, I know the qualities I'm looking for for each role um so I just use a checklist to make sure that they are you know they do have everything we need and then just really get to know them so we probably take about three months to get to know a staff member um and we keep them on as a casual until that time because it just takes time yeah so you take them on for a casual for three months and then you'll if they're the right person for the job you'll offer them a job yeah exactly right okay and going back you mentioned mentoring how long have you been having mentoring and how did you choose your mentor? Um, I had two different mentors, uh, probably at least two years, I think, when it really got the growth about two years ago. It was just I could actually feel myself slipping. I was like, I, don't, I feel like I want to sell the business if, if it was worth anything. <laughs> probably wasn't back then. But, um, I, yeah, I just knew I was falling apart a bit and I needed some help. And it has been amazing. I've felt so much more together and confident Um and just knowing that what I do each day is the right thing to focus on. Um, how I got the coaches, I already knew someone um, that was sort of helping me here and there just for free. So he was the obvious person to turn to. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought my business was too small for him because, you know, he worked with a lot larger businesses. Um, but I approached him and he said, yep, that, you know, we could work together. Um, and it's just been brilliant ever since. So, yeah. So how often do you check in with him? Um, every month I would have like a big session for a couple of hours um, and then I can call him at any point. You know, I usually call him sort of once a week for a quick um, quick chat just if I've got a problem or question with something. So And, and he gives you goals and you have to uh, match with them and come back to him or does he, do you just sort out solution, uh, problems and, and challenges and he, you, you thrash that out? A bit of both, yeah. Uh, it really depends on what's going on. Uh, yeah, he definitely keeps me accountable to, to certain things. So at the end of the session, I write down just some dot points of the things that I'm going to work through in the next month and then I just email that through to him and um, sort of look at that after the month and to see what I got done. Um, but sometimes, you know, you're just going through a stage and you just got to let it all out and just it's just a talking session. And um, But most of the time, you know, it is it is really sort of getting down to what's the next step in making this more awesome, um, efficient and um, a bigger bigger enterprise really, yeah. Would you ever have this um, issue where you've got to balance the fact that he's you know, you've had this session, he set some goals for you, but you've got 101 things to do and and you just keep thinking, oh, I'll get to it and you don't or do you always meet the, the um, objectives that were set for? <laughs> um, I'd probably do about 80% of it, I'd say. Yeah, some things uh, do, you know, might let, let slide, but they're all because there's only sort of three or four points over a month Right. Um, I use a I use a default diary each week, so I've got time in theory that I set aside to work on these things. So it's usually about two thirds of a day each week, um, and the rest of the sort of week is more just you know working in the business. Um, yeah. So 
I don't know, it's all fun stuff as well. Growing the business is sort of fun. Um, so I do, in, I think I just enjoy it. So I make the time for it. Yeah. So default diary, will you explain that a bit more? Yeah. So that's something he taught me. Um, so for instance, it's just sort of planning out your week. Um, like every week's slightly different, um, but, you know, you'll have at least two, you know, I always plan for on a Monday morning, two hours of, of marketing and on a Tuesday morning, you know, maybe three or four hours of, um, you know, emails or calls and disconnecting with people. And on a Thursday afternoon is when I sort of pay my bills. So when, you know, different things ha- are coming in, you know, to your inbox, you just know that, oh, that's not for now. It's not going to interrupt your flow because you pay bills on a Thursday rather than just whenever they come in as such. Um, you know, I have weekly team meetings with, with each of my staff members and, and, and a group meeting all together. So just if something pops up, like, oh, I need to tell my team this, I just write it down and once we have the meeting, I tell them it's not like, you know, the week's sort of more scheduled and planned rather than just everything kind of interrupts each other. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but I don't really check my emails until about 2 in the afternoon is my general rule. You just, just get the things done that need to get done first. Oh, Wow. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. And what's your yeah to really uh, stick to? Now I just love it. <laughs> so, how many emails will you have there in your inbox? Oh, there's not many at all um, because most of the emails go through to my team, so it's great. But um, yeah, I can get through it usually within an hour anyway. So, you are listening to Lena Van Ray, the founder of Bike and Blend. This conversation is sponsored by sevencanaries.com.au and I'm Diana Barnett, your host, and this is The Toxic Fox Show. Yeah, it's hard. You get distracted all day. I think that's what the biggest challenge is, is, yeah, is, is just to be really um, uh, dedicated to just be focused. <laughs> do, you, do you tell people you don't check your email until 2 o'clock? Um, no, no, because most of the customers are emailing my staff, so yep. it's not. Uh, I, I do, you know, work with a, a few customers. Um, I, I will check it probably about eleven o'clock to see if there's anything urgent there, but generally it can all wait till after two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I've got um, three questions I'd like to ask you, just to put in your mind, and then, but then I want to follow through with um, something that. I think is very important Uh, from an outside looking in is I want to talk to you about partnerships and find out how you you find partnerships etc and how you use that um, as a a strategy part of your strategy for your business but um, I wanted to just for the back of your mind I'd like to know what are one of the challenges that you've and I'll come back to this what challenges you've faced um, looking um, back on your um, your uh, journey, what um, with hindsight management, what would you do differently to start your business, and and some what are some of the awesome wins that you've had too? So there are three things I'd like to come back to, but now I'd just like to explore with you the idea of partnerships and how you use partnerships in your business. Okay, um, so oh, one <laughs> pretty, is, um, yeah, sorry. pretty early on. Um, I just reached out to about 30 companies that I thought would be a good partner for um, the Royal Melbourne show that um, that we're all doing. So um, it's a 12-day event, as most Melbournians would know. Um, and 
I approached yogurt companies, milk companies, fruit, uh, all sorts of companies that I thought could, we could use their product in our smoothies during the show. And um, Tama Valley Dairy, they um, they said yes, which was amazing because my business was really only one year old at this point. So it, I just didn't know, you know, <laughs> what I was even doing. <laughs> and um, But I did the Royal Melbourne Show a year before that and tell you what that really taught me everything like it was my first uh, large event um so what I how I got that was I um I con- I used it an eth- ethical app um so I just knew that all the companies I was contacting were ones that I wanted to pr- promote um and they popped up so I did a one-page um, pdf of the two different packages that I could offer and just what they were getting out of it and what what I would want in return. So I was just making it was simple, really clear. So you could choose the strawberry package that you know got you a particular reach, and you know your brand on all the the cups and the um, the pull up banner that we had at the store, and the yogurt in the smoothies. And then I think there was another package called the blueberry package, and it was a little bit more expensive and a bit more hands on. Um, uh, but yeah, they emailed back and said that they would take the strawberry package. And, uh, I mean, it was just amazing. I think it was about $3,000. So it was a huge amount of money to me at the time. Uh, they went on to sponsor us three more times. Um, so they were a great partner um, and a really lovely um, family-owned business as well that I got to know. Um, and sadly they got bought out recently, but I'm sure it all worked out for them in the end. But, um, yeah, that was that was a really um, interesting thing to do so early on. And um, so what did the partnership mean? Did they supply, they gave you dollars or, and they promoted the, how, how did you work that partnership? Um, yes, I could have done it better, a bit more with their audience. So it would have been good to sort of, for them to post things on their Facebook pages because um, they would have should have shared our target audience as well. But I, I guess I just didn't push that too much at the time. But they they gave us a little bit of money to help out with the whole event um, and they gave us some product so we could have their yogurt in our smoothies. Um, and in return, we gave them um, their logo on all of our cups. So it was like proudly sponsored by Tama Valley Dairy. Um and, and a few pull-up banners and posters around. Um, so it sort of lifted us up because they were a much bigger brand than us um, and and it's helped us um, financially a little bit too. So, yeah. Um, and so with that, what other um, partnerships have you been involved with? Um, so similar product ones like with Loving Earth. So they also product sponsored us. Um, for a sustainable living festival. So we would use their rainbow powder um, in our smoothies and we'll call it the Loving Earth uh, Rainbow Smoothie. Um, So that was a very simple partnership as well. Just I emailed them saying this is how much, you know, rainbow powder I would need, which is just a mixture of all the, you know, red berries um, powders. Um, And uh, they said yes and, you know, they gave us a free product and we did that. Um, The other partnership, which was a lot, bigger has been with Breville um so I contacted them again with just an email um with two different packages um for them to provide the new jugs that we're going to use for the new fleet um so this is about three years ago now um we needed about 20 40 jugs and then 20 bases um 
And the bases aren't sold, you can't just buy them. You'd have to, you know, hack a current blender apart. So I really needed their help because they manufacture each part individually. Um, and, look, I took it took a few emails and calls, um, but they, they said yes, and they were just really easy to work with um, and provided everything. Um, and that's sort of an ongoing um, partnership. So we've got their, their name on all of our jug bases um and yeah it's a really good Australian company to work with and they've been yeah really fun fun to work with as well so from there have you worked with any corporates and corporate organizations how have you um done sponsors or sponsorships partnerships with them yeah look not a not a huge amount at this stage it would be good to find another partner in in an event space I guess um we do get approached all the time for you know, one-off events, can you provide bikes for free or a discounted rate and we'll promote you. Um, so we've done a lot of that as well. Um, uh, it's mainly been for charities, to be honest. But yeah. That's also what we want to support. So we do five event free events a year um, just because we get approached almost on a daily basis for these sort of things. Yeah, so you need to put a limit on what you do, how you support that. So do you have guidelines that you use for deciding which... Um, organizations you're going to support uh we really like a good pitch <laughs> um so something that's really clear and simple and we understand what what we're going to get rather than just a, a generic email that's been sent to everyone uh, and then follow it up with a call or you know yeah, yeah we just want to see that you're organized and yeah that's that's about it I guess um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. basically your partnerships have been sponsorships and product partnerships have you ever used a partnership where you've gone in together and um, worked with each other's database? No, I don't think that's really happened. Either I guess where there's a few, there's two sister businesses that we call. Um, we just feel so connected. Uh, the Squeaky Wheel and um, Good Cycles. They're both um, uh, bike-related companies that we would consider our sort of sister companies. So we actually have very similar staff that are involved in these companies. So the Squeaky Wheel actually is a, they're both non-for-profits um, and they facilitate bike rides and um, safety organisation, like safety information for new riders, all sorts of events that happen around Melbourne and Good Cycles is um, uh, a mobile bike service um, for corporates and, and many other people. But um they probably promote to their database, um, I would imagine, because <laughs> we've certainly done it for them as well. Um, so it's sort of been an unwritten thing that we've all had and shared. So it's yeah. possible that we have done that, yeah. yeah. Um, if we go back to those um, three questions that I had before for you, um, what is one of the largest challenges you've, you've actually faced? Um. I think it's staffing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you can trust staff, they've got keys to your, you know, your vehicles, your, you know, your computers, everything. They've got access to absolutely everything. Um, yeah, it's you've got to let them go, you know, let it all go and trust them. Um, and if it's the right people, that's so easy to do. Um, but, yeah, sometimes it is really tricky just to let go. Even when you do have the right person, you know, sometimes it, it's really hard for the business owner to let go and just trust. And as soon as you do, it just works really well. Um, but you really do need to sort of, um, you know, not nag and not, yeah, they really mean well. <laughs> you just got to let them learn in their own way, I think. Um, 
but just it just even like um, employment law has been a real challenge I think uh, I didn't know anything about it and now we we've got about 20 people on our books like a lot of them are casuals um, but yeah it it's something that is quite tricky and has just grown quite quickly for us so it's yeah it's probably been the biggest challenge because they're you know paying people is um you know they have rent to pay and everything like that and you make sure you get it all right it's um yeah it's a big responsibility yeah what about some awesome wins that you've just left you sort of like going yes <laughs> uh, the partnerships have been great I really love working with other businesses like when I was doing the loving earth product partnership uh, sponsorship um I would go to their uh, headquarters and, you know, catch up with their marketing manager and we'll have a chat. And he would give me a tour of their, um, you know, their warehouse and I'd see it grow and double each time and I just felt like I was part of their, you know, their, their journey and I got this inside, um, you know, view and that's really exciting. I love working with other business owners because um, you just, yeah, we'll get a behind-the-scenes sense of it all. Um, other moments... You know, I think they're all kind of like funny little moments like when you'll be at an event, you'll, you might walk away to get lunch or something like this and then you'll be walking back and you'll hear you'll hear people say to each other, oh, that's that's really funny or isn't that strange, those bikes, they're kind of cool or you'll hear these really nice comments about it like, oh, that's so clever and they don't know that you're, you know, you started it all yeah. and you're overhearing these things. I think just... Just little moments like yeah, that. Little moments like that pump. Yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah. But it's, also my staff, they give me little cards and they surprise me with things all the time. And, you know, they can just see, yeah, how much has gone into it. And I think that's really nice. Yeah. That's yeah. So looking back on your journey, um, with the benefit of hindsight management, 2020 vision, what are two things that you'd do differently? I think at the beginning I I uh, I got a lot of I had a lot of distractions. Like I thought, you know, some people would say things like, "Oh, you should franchise, you should do this." So I kind of would look into it. I wouldn't just let things go. I wouldn't say, "Oh, that's not for now. It's a good idea, but not for now." Mm. I would I'll just get into it and read all about. I'd read five franchising books or something, or I'd get you know advice on advice on it. I just you know, like it was too early to even think about something like that. But I, I was just curious, so it kind of wore me out. I think at the beginning, um, I just like being super busy. I think if I could look back, I could just tell myself, just do keep doing what works um, and it makes you happy, um, and just do more of it. That's all you need to do. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't need to build anything huge. You know. As, as massive as, you know, 20, 40 franchises. It's just silly, you know, just do do one thing really well. And, yeah, I wish I thought. And build on that. Yeah, yeah, I was always sort of thinking, oh, maybe we should do this or do that. There's all these different ideas. And it's like it's actually good to do the one thing really, really well. So we've got, you know, our five different packages now um, and we – we just do those packages. That's that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many ideas we have every day. We're always joking around. Um, and they get written down and sometimes we, we do them. A lot of them now are just marketing ideas because we've got a bit of time to spend on that. Um, but, yeah, I just wish it would just focus and do what works. Mm-hmm. And so where to from here? 
Um, so we're looking at just growing Melbourne and Sydney and Adelaide. Um, so because the last sort of four years have just been playing catch up and um, we've only just sort of uh, when, you know, we get so busy that we can only just keep up with things. We haven't had much time to really play around and do, you know, some spend some time on the things we really want to do. So that yeah. this is the time now to do all that. Oh, cool. Um, so we want to actually do more school school fates and school educational programs. Um, yeah, maybe the research that I was talking about that you mentioned. And, um, yeah, we, we sort of talk about what we want to do now, like what's meaningful to us. And we're in a position to to look at that. So that's really exciting. Yeah. So if people wanted to know more about you, what, what website do they go to? And what's the best social media handle to contact you on? So our website is bikeandblend.com.au. And so it's bike and then it's a little N for Nelly and then blend.com.au. Uh, uh, that has all the packages and information um, on the website. Um, we're probably most active on Facebook and Instagram, and it's just bike and blend. And we are on Twitter, Twitter, but it's not as um, we're just not focusing on that at the moment. But it's also bike and blend. Yep. Um, so yeah, <laughs> all pretty pretty easy. So um, yeah, all the contact details are on there as well. And, um, yeah, we'd love to hear what people's ideas are. Like we've, we're, we're about to work with um, the Sea Shepherd again. So they do a fundraising event each year. They get the captains of the, the Sea Shepherd to ride a, ride a bike, make a smoothie, and they auction off the smoothies. Yep. So they've, they raise money for that. So we're about to do that again. Um, that's really cool. Like I love hearing what people do with the bikes. So, yep. Oh, cool. Well, thank you very much, Lena. Really appreciate your time today and sharing your journey. And I look forward to hearing more about it in the future. Thank you and all the listeners. All the best. I hope this has been really helpful. Thanks for listening to the conversation with Lena Van Ray. You'll find social media links to Bike and Blend and Lena in the show notes. Using these links, please share the insights that inspired and motivated you. Some points I took from the show. One, it comes down to having a good team. Learn to delegate and learn to really listen to what they say. Two, document everything so everyone can be on the same page. Get your whole team involved in the documentation and continuous updating of the manuals. And on a practical note, set up a default diary to manage your time and only check your emails once a day. By the way, if you want to ask Lena a question, you can leave a message or an audio message or a comment in the show notes. Anyway, it's time now to say thank you and show my gratitude. First to Vince Jones for the music, to the team that helps me pull this together, to Lena for coming on the show and to you for listening and reviewing our show. Till the next episode, thanks to all the awesome business owners out there that give a damn.